toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Soul. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Mary Gooden. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that's keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy. And breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment now. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing out that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Mary Gooden. Mary is an international speaker and founder and CEO of Divine Destiny Mentoring and Publishing and host of the podcast, Shine Your Soul Light. After years of living the American dream, she is now on a mission to flip that ideology on its head to bring more joy, fun, love, and laughter to the hearts of humans worldwide. Something unique about Mary is that she doesn't just speak about thriving on purpose, she lives it. Mary leads a joy-filled life with a daily commitment to her three non-negotiable practices. She is a portal of positivity. Love, love that. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Mary. Well, thank you for having me, ladies. It really, truly is a delight, as you already know, to spend time in the energies and the vibrations of love and just raising that vibration just by talking about it, just by being willing to tell our stories of how we came to deeper levels of knowing that that love is so important for self so that we can truly and genuinely give this love to humanity. 
Mm, I love I'm that. super and, excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of stories, we'd love to get to know you. So tell us about your journey and what has led you down this spiritual path. Oh my goodness. You know, there's so many delicious stories. As you had said, I'm in publishing and that really prompted me to actually start sharing global stories about it. But uh, my story really begins and ends and begins again with, with panic, with deep levels of heartbeat <laughs> in my heart, a near and dear request for me to tune in and come home to myself, come home to nourishing my body, to get back in my body. If anybody knows what that means to really start paying attention to, to the people pleaser in me and, and kind of flip the ideology in that way, flip the switch to tuning into what do I need? How, how can I love myself today so that I can genuinely love my children, my family, my job, my passions, my purpose. And that's what did it for me. I, I landed in the hospital uh, with my first panic attack. Now I was, I was lighting all the fires and wearing all the hats. I was in corporate um, dentistry, really. I was an executive leader managing the hen, <laughs> the whole farm. It was, it was my dedication to somebody else's dream. And I loved who I was dedicated. I, I loved the dream that he had that he was dedicated to. I, I really embodied it, but my body didn't really embody it. Or so I mm. thought I was just taking all the steps and ticking all the boxes of how to be a successful feminine leader. And it quickly came to a halt. Uh, one day I went home, I had worked all day. I mean, we had this magnificent castle built in Virginia beach, my former husband and I, and we, um, we're just living in it. Like we were leaving at 6am. We weren't getting home till eight o'clock, uh, kids to daycare. I would go off to work. I'd stop in the middle of work. I'd, I'd leave. I'd go to the gym. I'd go work out, like doing some things for me, go back to the office. I was living on espresso. I just love coffee. And then I would go <laughs> go take a yoga class. And then I would go teach two more classes. And all the while my kids were, were going from, from morning care to school, to evening care, to gym care. Uh, although we felt like we were having a lot of fun, my body finally one day I was, I had just finished preparing a meal for them. I was running a bath upstairs and my heart just started doing the thing. If you've never been in a state of panic like that, it truly feels like a heart attack. It really, you feel like, okay, something's wrong. So I ended up uh, in the ER that night, but I was still so wound up in, in this belief that we mothers, working mothers, leaders have to let go of their emotions. We have to cast all this humanness aside to show up as this perfectly put together person. So I'm in the hospital like nurse, I've got work tomorrow. We've, I've got to get out of here. And it kind of hit me a couple of days after that. I was like, what are you doing? You're giving everything in you to somebody else's dream. You're trying to keep up with somebody else's idea of how life should be. And nobody's really been benefiting from it. I mean, from a facade place, I was running a multi-million dollar company. So there was some benefit somewhere, but it just, my heart started beating. My love that my organ of love started crying out to me. And so uh, along came a 
oh, this is fun, a four-year journey, <laughs> a four-year journey, which for that, that element just relates to the Mother Mary to me. The, the energy of four is such a beautiful heart opening, love yourself deeply vibration. It took me four years to finally resign. Uh, I was medicated for four and a half years on a very low dose of anxiety meds, which every morning I was like, I, this is not my life. This is not my life. This is not the life that I, that these children chose me for. This is not the way I want to project out into humanity. This is not, these are not things that I want to be an example of because they're not okay. And so meditating, uh, sitting to meditate for the first time. Now I have a history of background uh, of yoga. I went through yoga teacher training. I've played with Reiki universal energy. I've attuned others to it. So I've got, I had been working on all these modalities uh, and it was really finally time to anchor in and be the example of them to really practice what I was preaching to others on the yoga room floor. So I resigned from my corporate career. I decided to sell everything that we had in Virginia Beach. And I had spoken to my husband at the time he was in Japan. He was a military, he was in the Navy. And I was like, I'm, it's time for me to make a shift. If any of you have ever recognized, it's that moment of enlightenment, you know, sitting by the fireplace enough nights to say, Mary, you have to love yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to do this not only for you, but for those two little girls that that are watching you because they they too begin to bring life to humanity and whatever they've learned and whatever you're teaching them. So I did all the things. I resigned. I sold the house. I sold a car. Uh, we moved to New Orleans. My sister and I bought a fitness club. I love teaching fitness. So I was a fitness instructor, loved moving the body. So I really stepped into something that was very passionate for me and that I could share my authentic self because being committed to sharing your authentic self is really loving yourself deeply. Like, this is who I am. So I was able to put myself out there. And a couple of years after the gym, I was running the, we owned the gym. I opened a yoga studio. So all the things started to find their way into place. And it took a decade. This is, you know, a decade span, but it took four years for my panic attack for me to really get it. 10 years of yoga practice on my mat to understand that the only way to genuinely serve love in this world is to first be overflowing inside of you. It is to first nourish yourself and love yourself deeply. And in my opinion, the only way that I can love you unconditionally is for me to first love myself. Absolutely. So there I went with the non-negotiables. I have three, those three non-negotiable pieces of me is the daily connection, the daily prayer inward, the daily claiming acknowledgement that you are a human with a heart of gold. And it, it takes those things, reminding ourselves of these things, these messages that sometimes come out of nowhere, it, embracing them, embodying that we are all love. We all have it in within us. It's not something they taught us when we took our first breath coming out of the womb. It's not like, okay, love yourself. <laughs> it was like, okay, how can you make all these people happy? <laughs> so it, it does. It takes a daily practice. And the number two is daily movement. So once I do this inner prayer, and I do prayer outer, I call in all the, the God, universe, source, divine, archangels, mother, Mary. I call all of it into me, be with me now. And then I go move. I, I tap, I jog, I get out in nature. I take a walk. If I'm limited on time, maybe I just do a few jumping jacks. I get the inner 
chi, this energy inside of me. I get all the things inside of me going, the juices flowing, and then I celebrate. The one, number three, is the one I believe is the highly misstep in our practice, our daily lives is celebrating. And sometimes I just celebrate that I did the first two, like you connected, <laughs> you moved, good for you. Uh, a lot of times celebration will look like to sharing, getting on a podcast, hosting, you know, talking, getting an interview on my own podcast, uh, calling a client, calling a friend and just sharing what I'm excited about, how I'm winning, what I saw today, raising that vibration of joy and celebration and letting others witness it. Because in that we're sharing, uh, sharing your wins with someone, sharing your joy with someone really just ignites a spark in them Absolutely. to see you know, I can be joyful too. I can, I can celebrate that. I mean, she's just celebrating that she went for a walk. I can start doing that. I think Why it is important like to share wins. I, I really do. It's contagious. I think that's one of the things I, I really benefit with having Stacy. you know, being the co-host, like we like to share our wins. In fact, I think we had a recent whole podcast episode and look at all the cool things we got to do through the podcast this year. But I think sharing is so key, right? Because we can get really hung up in the negativity, whether that, I hate to say the cliche of misery loves company, but there's that. There's if we're listening to whether it's mainstream news or things that don't raise our vibration and keep us stuck and even lower. So I do think it's important that light workers, intuitives, whatever we want to call ourselves, that we share those wins because it just ripples out. And I I really have to be conscious of the people I surround myself with. I'm not saying I always get the choice, but I do choose to find those people. And I'm sure you you are definitely one of those people. We, we need to have coffee and share our wins sometime because I like coffee too. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and really spread that love out into the world. And I would love to know, as you're talking about your three non-negotiables, when you're talking about love and self-love, first of all, how you define love. I'm curious about what your interpretation of love is and then the importance of self-love through these non-negotiables that you mentioned. So my definition of love is wide open space. And yes, for those of you that like to use the word boundaries, it's just being wide open. It's understanding. Now I do have an affirmation that is in my book, Abundant Affirmations 33, uh, that reminds me every day that I'm safe, supported, and loved so that I can just open my heart. There's no judgment. There's no expectation. There's no condemnation. There are none of those boundaries that we have been taught to, well, maybe I should look at this a little bit more. I'm just wide open. And a lot of people still, even in, in our space of soulful businesses or soulful life or spiritual living that still say, well, you do have to protect yourself. And I've gotten to a place in my vibration where I am wide open to, to being unconditional for whatever it is that's moving towards me. I know I'm safe, supported, and loved. So a lot of it is just claiming, knowing the truth that I'm safe, supported, and loved. But love is just being wide open. No, no judgment no expectation, no condemnation. I'm taking each moment as it represents itself. And I'm just finding the value, seeking value. I don't have any reason not to, to not look for value. I just see the value in everything. How is this experience serving me? How is it serving all of us? Um, that is love for me, just being wide, wide open. Self-love practices. So being willing to sit down with myself and, and be with my heart and open my heart and look into my heart and remind myself that I love you. I say I love you to myself more times a day
days and I can even count. It just comes out now. Like, oh, I love you so much. Especially when something, I do something different. Like instead of saying, why did you do that? I'm just like, I love you so much. You're so creative. <laughs> You're so creative, Mary. But but to sit down and have that daily connection to myself, to give my, to understand that I am worthy to have the first, now for me, I'm going to say for me, the first four hours of every morning are dedicated to my three non-negotiables. But when I teach others or lead others or encourage others, for me to flip the switch and just take the first couple of moments, the first couple of, of conscious breaths of my day with my hand on my heart and, and saying to my heart, show me the way today what is mine to share that's the easiest way you can start really giving yourself the first moment of the day instead of what do I have to do today I have this whole list because most people are still waking up with that I've got to get up because I have to go check these boxes what if for the next week instead you woke up and you came into consciousness and before your feet even hit the floor you just put your hands on your heart and said show me the way today what is mine to share and then just notice how it might shift or you know if you can give yourself three minutes a day again because I do baby steps because I get it I was 22 years in the corporate I was 22 years of waking up with a massive to-do list and what I really want others to wake up with or I really encourage others to say is who do I get to be today love that who do I get to be today show me the way today who do I get to be so it taking that first moment, that first waking breath, and even if it's just that, saying to yourself, I love you, say it until you believe it. What do you have to lose anyway? I mean, all you're doing is rewriting the other thing that you're saying, like, are you ever going to get this done? Or how could you? Or whatever it is that, that replays in your head. And it's practice. Now, I did say these are daily practices. My daily practice started probably with a couple minutes a day. It's four hours. I don't do anything. I don't show up anywhere until I have practiced these non-negotiables. And I will tell you in just the reflection over a decade, people can feel my love when I walk in the room. And it wasn't for them. I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it to come home to me. And maybe I was doing it for my daughters so I could get to the place where I know they chose me to be, which is show us what's possible, mama. And to show them what's possible is to first say, well, first, you got to love yourself, darling. First, when you love yourself, you trust yourself. So I practiced. Show me the way today. You're, you're going to lead the way. Not you, not all these people outside of you, but this, this golden heart that is in you, you're going to get a chance. Um, and then I go into that daily connection of me. I have affirmations. I am safe, supported, and loved. Show me the way today. What is mine to share? I am open to receive my gifts and share them with the world. Like these new sayings, again, instead of, am I ever going to get all this done? Oh my gosh, I've got, I've got 60 hours worth of work and three hours to do it. Or just trying to support somebody else's to-do list, especially as moms, right? We want to support our partners, um, thinking that supporting them is trying to do everything for them or do everything for our kids when what we should be showing everybody is how we take care of ourselves and then they'll learn how to take care of you it's such a neat experiment 
I got, I have a story. I have a, I have two daughters who are 17 and 20, but we ended up in Sedona, my, my older one and I, and um, what she had watched me do is I buy myself flowers every week. I'm Mary, but at PS, by the way, I'm going to get myself flowers every week. I deserve them. Mm -hmm. And I went on a trip. The first trip I left her in Sedona by herself. And I came back, she picked me up from the airport because she had been watching me all these years. She brought flowers and she made me brownies because she, as a child, when her father was underway, he was out to sea. When he would come home, I would always bake him something delicious, right? And I would always get, you know, I'd dress up the house. And so 15 years later, her watching that, she then started doing it for me. But she also noticed that I would do these things for myself. I would treat myself special. Well, then her boyfriend moves in a year and a half ago, and now he does it. He buys her flowers from, he, he works at Whole Foods, so every week he has a fresh bouquet of flowers for her. It's just, you know, it's just beautiful. But it took me showing them. It took me being willing to take care of me. I don't believe that our partners are there to take care of us. They're there to, to hold a space alongside of us while we nurture ourselves. And in that nurturing of selves, we begin to automatically nurture others. Uh, my husband and I now, I'm remarried um, six years. We don't live in the same state. He lives in New Orleans. I live in Sedona. I travel full time with speaking and, and doing now. Same thing. I have a I have a bouquet of flowers. He's, you know, it's just because he watched me do it. He watched me take care of myself. And I don't have to make him feel bad. Because we do that. We don't even realize we're doing it. But when we're not loving ourselves, we're making other people feel bad for not loving us in the way that we want to be loved. But we haven't even yet loved ourselves in the way we want to be loved. So how can anybody know how to do that? So that was my experiment. And I just started watching it like they started taking care of me the way that I took care of myself. Empaths, lightworkers, Feel the power of 5D with the QET Classic Pendant. This powerful energy tool is your catalyst for personal evolution. Unlock higher consciousness and well-being. Ground your body, boost your vibration, and supercharge your energy. Manifest your best life with your new quantum powers. Visit www.beingquantum.com to ignite your transformation today. That's www.beingquantum.com. That's so beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing the, the stories along with it, because that makes it really tangible, I think. I'm I'm curious, you, you mentioned that, you know, like your non-negotiables, you've mentioned um, some of the practices with the flowers and baked goods. It, is that like, I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of like a special ritual that you do for yourself, or are there other things that you do to kind of connect with this higher frequency of love? Like what are some like daily practices or even seasonal practices that you you really tap into to create that connection to highest love? The highest love, I do have that dedicated, committed time where I call in Mother Mary and Jesus and Saint Germain. So I do have practices of drawing these energies of love and light to me every single morning. I work with crystals. I have a lot of delicious vibrational crystals that hold codes of the earth that continue to keep us safe, supported, and loved. I teach yoga and I practice yoga. I have um, 13 crystal alchemy bowls. <laughs> I love sound. So, yeah, sound healing is thousands of years old. And I think that 
was really an enrich after I got my first sound bowl, it really did enrich my practices of loving because they have their own consciousness. Um, so I have my bowls in a certain way, like they chose me, just like my children, everything chooses me. And I'm just a steward of all these beautiful instruments and these beautiful darling children that chose me, which is way different, I'm sure than some other people think, right? Like, oh, I've got to do all these things. No, these things chose me. So, so I have the crystal alchemy bowls. Uh, I do, I have tapping practices. I lead tapping journeys. I call them tapping into truth, a mm. uh, lot of breath work. So I host a lot of ceremony, harmonizing part of my daily connection. And it's a seven and a half minute practice. It's not you know, is me going through each one of my energetic set points, the seven chakra stream of, of Reiki energy. And I, I just go through them. I acknowledge these energetic set points within me. I open them up like blooming flowers so that I can be in my unified self. And then I go move. I always, after I do my seven and a half practice where I connect all my set points in one line, I work with the diamond white light. It moves through my body. Um, then I go move it. For me, movement is going out and frolicking in nature. So I do a 40 minute frolic every morning. It could be called running. <laughs> <laughs> but again, choosing the words change the experience. Mm -hmm. So I go out for a 40 minute frolic and I practice that with a lot of my clients. Like, let's just reframe your words for a minute because that changes your whole experience. I take myself to lunch probably three or four times a week. As I said, I don't live with my partner full time. And so I spend a lot of time treating myself well, which is second nature because I believe that abundance thrives in our ability to be in our most authentic vibration, uh, which means I'm never alone. You know, everybody's always around me. So then I just go share that spirit. I'll go sit at lunch alone, but make a ton of friends as I just... And I, I do that movement. Nature is huge for me. And I don't know about you ladies, but just even a five minute walk, being in full awareness of the fact that mother nature, that mama Gaia, that earth has created the most beautiful things for us to witness. That has like, you can see love all around you when you're, you come into awareness. So part of that connection puts me into awareness for the whole day. Hmm. But then I just move around. And then, like I said, I, I celebrate, I take the first four hours of my day for me. It's not selfish. It's not even selfless. I call it being soulful. I'm nurturing this delicate little bright soul that is within me and I'm allowing it to find the most valuable. Well, every experience has value. The most exciting experience that I could could walk it through as a as a human. But my practices are that yoga. I like to frolic. I like to lift some weights, like just a little lightweight high rep. I think that movement being physically connected to your body and doing physical things, keeping it active. And I know everybody likes to say, I don't, I don't like to work out or I have bad this or I have that. Finding a way to actually move this human body um, mm -hmm. instead of looking to ways to make it feel better from an outside source. Yeah. Movement, any movement of your body and starting any movement practice will bring it back into harmony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think movement and nature and, you know, all of that is just so, so important. And I'm, you know, you mentioned in the early on in the interview here in the conversation that really loving our humanness, right? And so finding that space to also love the humanness and move through that, you know, because I think there's a lot of people struggling to just shame and guilt and, you know, these like deeper emotions that are coming up, you know, that lead can lead to that panic, right? Or that not listening to the 
those emotions that are coming up and they start to stack so much that can lead to that, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, panic. And so I'm wondering how do you go from that space? Like what, what are some of the ways that really help to maybe build that muscle for you that, you know, it's someone who hasn't really established any kind of routine like that. Like what is, how do you go from that place to where you're at now? Like, you know, I know there's a lot of in between, obviously, but just that those stepping stones that someone can, can take. I always like, now I'm very fond of Reiki energy. I think it's a very universal, soft, delicate practice. I don't, you know, love is my religion. So I feel like that for me was the most softest of all. And that's where I started with Reiki practices. It is true. We, we, it's important for us to get in our body. And what do, what do we mean like that? For so long, we've been taught to medicate. If something hurts outside, something outside fixes the inside. And that's being outside of our body. Or like you said, just stacking it. Like I'll worry about this later. So these gentle practices by just literally putting your hands on your body, you can put your hands on your root chakra and affirm. And this is how it started again. It was connecting. Okay. There are energetic set points. You know, there is somebody in there. And I just kept saying that here I am. I'm in here. I'm in this body. I'm in this human experience. Put my hands on my root chakra. I'm, you know, on the low base of the body on my legs. I'm safe, supported and loved. Even just rubbing your legs. Like this is my body. I, I say that too. Sometimes like when my legs start to feel sore after a hike, I'm like, these are my legs. These are my, you know, claiming these are my legs and I feel you and maybe I'll rub you and maybe, you know, I'll respond to my body. Like it's a baby. I love this for the sacral chakra. So this is a a gift that I always give people when they're feeling lack of harmony in their body, anxious, lack of hope. You know, this is our emotional brain down here in our belly, which when people say, trust your gut, I'm always like, only if your gut's in harmony would I trust it. <laughs> 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 I'm very light with that. I don't know about that. But <laughs> do this practice because uh, in some of practice too, depending on where you are in your life, there's a masculine and feminine body too, right? So I have the masculine side, which is my right side and my feminine side. So I take my hands on my low abdomen and I trace the infinity sign. And for me, that's bringing harmony and unity back to center. So I'm bringing them the feminine and the masculine. They're coming in together with this gentleness and I'm bringing my emotions into balance. Now, for those that are listening that still have, have skepticism in that, I always ask like, why is there skepticism? We are master manifestors or mm -hmm. manipulators. And what I say, really, what my mind tells my body goes, it happens. That's the truth. What my mind tells my body becomes the truth. So why not try it instead of negating it and saying, well, if that worked, we'd all be doing it. Well, would we? Have we gotten so locked into these other ideas of how to be a human? Because those are the teachings. It's like you said, Brenda, we have to worry about who's around us because the, the program is heavy. And even in the highest realm of your yourself, you get around a bunch of other people that don't believe that they can change their own life, it leaks, it can start to bleed. So what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose by thinking a different way, by trying something new, by believing for a moment that 
what Louise Hay said, right? I can heal myself. What do we really have to lose? So I always go there. If I start to feel friction or anxiety, which is rare, I just look at it and say, well, I'm just going to bring harmony to my body right now. I mean, I still have, I'm still a human. And so I still, for the women out there, I still have a hormonal experience, you know, and I'm like, I, I acknowledge it's in there. And sometimes I just acknowledge it. And I'm like, I, I hear you and I see you and I'm just going to walk with you. And then maybe on that day, I don't get out. Maybe I just lay with myself. Maybe I just be with myself while these, these energies move through because mm. they're still that, but am I willing to pay attention to that? Right. That's so, so loving, right? That's really where self-love comes in is listening and, and showing up for yourself, right? And, and giving yourself what you need in that moment and recognizing when it's, you know, maybe becoming an imbalance versus like, what do you need in, in that moment? You know, because we, we can get, I think, in that momentum of, well, I'm going to let this go for today, you know, and, and so tomorrow it might be, you know, I'm going to skip the gym again or whatever, right? So, but we really want to like take an opportunity to really listen and, and, and give ourselves that self-love because when we listen that's when that's when we are truly truly stepping into that love and and raising our vibration even more well it, it, you're right it's an internal thing and for for so long we've been trying to think it was an external like oh like retail therapy i'll just put that in as an example like we right. we're for so long we've been taught that if something doesn't feel good inside try to satisfy yourself with something outside yeah, if i think if that's... somebody mm -hmm, I was to say, I think that's so prevalent, whether it's retail therapy or social media scrolling, or I mean, the distraction of, of the day, I think we can forget the powerful co-creators that, that we truly are. And, and I think that's, it's why we need each other to remind ourselves that we get to be manifestors or manipulators, I think was the other word that I had not, I'd not heard of that before. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that, that we are really powerful co-creators. Mm-hmm. It's fun, that word. And, and, you know, this has been a six months going with me coming back to using that word because we think of when somebody says, oh, my God, you've been manipulated, right? This word manipulation becomes this really heavy and yucky thing, right? But the truth of the matter is that, Brenda, we are all master manipulators. We are all master. It's the same thing as manifesting. We manipulate every experience based on our perception. And our perception is built on how we feel and think about ourselves. And one fun piece of advice I got to give this morning when I was talking to a friend of mine in Ohio is like, you're step out of your controller and into your creator. If your outside experiences are showing up in a way that you don't desire, don't get mad at everything outside of you. Go inside and, and say, well, if it, how would I like to create it? How would I like to see it? It's not really anybody outside of us, outside of our us is fault. I'm going to say that, right? But it's a lot of, it's not really their fault that we get, that we have an emotional reaction to what is happening. It's something inside of you, us, me. If I get angry at my partner, it's not him. It's what have I not processed? What am I mm. not looking at in me that is allowing me to get angry for it? Because that's not love. And I know that nobody wants to hear that. But the deepest level of love is allowing somebody to be who they are and understanding that if they're affecting me, what is it in me that I need to go deeper and look at? Absolutely. It bothers me that he's not thinking about me 24 seven. Why does that bother me? It's mm -hmm. not his responsibility to think of me 24 seven. You know whose responsibility that is? Yep. Yep. It's 
my responsibility to show others how to treat me. Absolutely. People aren't treating me the way I desire to be treated. I need to go in here and treat myself. It's because it's so funny. You can have a conversation with somebody and they can be doubting on themselves. Like I'm such a fool. And then 20 minutes later, somebody could say to you, you are such a fool. And you get mad at them, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. But people are just, you know, they're mirrors for us, right? And if we can take that time to really self-reflect on what is this teaching me? What is this mirror like giving me right now and how I can truly show up for myself? Because then then you're taking personal responsibility for your own emotional experience. And that's how is, is that's the most self-loving thing we can do to like begin to explore that. And because then we have personal power to release that and we shed those layers, we become more and more in love with ourselves. And then we truly can be the love, right? This isn't, that's all about what our, our podcast is, right? That's, it's going within to show and shine our light and shine our love within or without so that we can truly shift the world. And so Mary, I'm wondering as we're in this beautiful, beautiful conversation and as the beautiful work that you're doing in the world, and I'm wondering if you can share what is your vision of the bigger picture? What's your macro vision for the work that you're doing? So the vibration that I hold and that I claim in, in my daily practices, my self-responsibility is holding the highest vibration of unconditional love. And that is to getting to this place where there are no boundaries, there's no barriers, there's no... And the ways that I get to do that is through storytelling. When we tell our stories, when we really like on podcast, on a global platform, when we release these wagons that we've been pulling our whole lives, not only to vocalize it for our ourselves, but to share it with others. Uh, that's why publishing moved through me so quickly is because when we can get vulnerable, raw and real in our life, we are then opening ourselves up for that biggest shift to come home to self-love, to come home to say, you know what, that happened. And for some people, it might be like, I let that happen. But just like you said, Stacey, it's when I take responsibility for myself, it becomes so so telling stories, being willing to share our trials and tribulations and unfortunate circumstances out loud with others or write them is so powerful. And I have watched over the last three years, so many people shift their entire life by just being willing to finally release the story of trauma. It releases something, it breaks something up in you. Um, but my highest vision really is to, to restore that frequency of unconditional love and every morning that I get on my knees and I claim who I get to be, that is who I get to be, the heart of humanity. My children in my visual experience stand right beside me as the heart of humanity. And we claim these frequencies. We claim these energies of Mary and Jesus and St. Germain. And I don't leave the house or turn on a single call until after I have claimed these truths within my body and my vibration that I'm willing to hold those vibrations, no matter what it looks like, because it's all valuable. Every experience mm -hmm. is a gift to inspire someone. And that's the motto that came through when I started my publishing company. Aside from that, I lead through um, this affirmations book came out of nowhere just a few months ago that I published. So I help people change the way that they say things to help change their perception because words carry value. And if you're using words that 
feel yucky in your body, you're always going to feel yucky in your body or just to reframe or redefine like the word manipulate. I've completely <laughs> reframed that word into like, I am a master manipulator. I am creating my experience. I, we have the power, we have that power to, to create the experience right before my eyes, but that's it. I just, I want to be love and I want to hold that highest vibration of unconditional love so that we can, that there is a harmonious world and I live in it and I am human. And I feel this when I pinch myself, hmm. there is, I like to call it where I'm, I'm in the frequency. I am moving at the speed of love. I am in it. And every experience that I create for my clients, for my friends, for those that get to surround me, they're feeling it and they're reflecting it. And so I just keep claiming that same thing every morning, mm. daily practice, every mm. day. Why every day? Because every moment is changing. Sometimes it's a couple of moments a day, but that's it to, to restore it, to, to remind people that it's available to each and every one of us. And that's what I'm going to do for the be really for the rest of my life. And what does that look like? Treating myself like the golden flame that I am. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your vision. I definitely resonate with all, so, so much of this conversation. And as we wrap it up, could you please tell our listeners where they can find you and anything you're currently working on? Oh, I'm always uh, working in the realms of love. It's easy to learn more about me at marygooden.com, M-A-R-Y-G-O-O-D-E-N.com. If you hit a, I think it's a backslash and you might have this in the notes, gift, you'll receive a gift from me that also a downloadable that that leans into how do I claim my life after claiming my life? How do I create it? And then how do I celebrate it? Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy. Beautiful. Be Beautiful. Thank you. And we will add all those links to the show notes. So thank you, Mary, so much for being here with us today and this beautiful conversation. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your family and friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue you to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.